lights start a blink and those handcuffs click. You know who to call and you better call quick. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. He'll fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for all. You better call Saul. And the name of the show is Breaking Goodman. Breaking Goodman. Breaking Goodman. Breaking Goodman. It was, uh, my first thought was, it's Saul Good. Mm-hmm. But there's something similar already on iTunes with that. Oh, man. Uh, then it was uh, Saul Good Things. Uh, <laughs> then I was like, oh, let's just get away from the Saul all yeah. thing. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's Breaking Breaking Goodman. Breaking Goodman. Which I, I, I said to Mike, I, I like a lot because it kind of captures... Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a spinoff, uh, and the general arc yeah. is, is how... That's exactly what's yeah, happening. Yeah, so. But it's also, it's we're breaking apart the show. We're breaking Yes. Goodness. It works so on so many, so many levels. levels. Whoa. Yeah, so uh, I guess welcome to the first Breaking Goodman. Uh, we're going to be covering the first two episodes. Uh, I am Mike Marbach. Uh, if you're listening from one of the other podcasts, Stark Raven and Mad, Reheated, Leftovers Podcast, or uh, what is the other one? The Strain, uh, which is Bloody Sunday, uh, then welcome. Then you know my voice, but you don't know these two guys. Uh, so, uh, starting with the rights, if you could just introduce yourself, maybe just say a few quick things about yourself. Hey, I'm Ned Redmond, and um, I'm part of Trash Island at uh, Philadelphia Improv Theater. It's an improv group, and uh, I think that's all I have in the works right now. <laughs> that's enough. So, okay. That's okay. good. Um, my name is Mike Henley. I, um, I'm part of another podcast called You've Got Geek, where we talk about all sorts of geeky pop culture things. I am also the staff movie critic for the News of Delaware County. I didn't even know that. That's that's awesome. That is new, cool. actually. As just a couple. Uh, weeks ago. Uh, just real quick, uh, what what do you cover on your podcast? Um, comics, games, books, pretty much everything. Everything pop culture. Yeah, everything pop culture, specifically turning like you know, comic book stuff, like whether the movies or whatever, but also like I, I, we have like five different hosts, so we cover a wide range of stuff. Okay, so uh, just. An Mo- hour movies or so in particular, on, okay. Usually about an hour and a half. Oh, on a, every a bunch of different topics. A bunch of different things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you might even discuss this. I right wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> yeah. I would not doubt it at all. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll leave you some some stuff for the for the road there. Uh, cool. Uh, so what I want to do now is go into just some general first impressions of the show. Um, just what did you think? Anybody? I'm really excited. I uh, I thought it was amazing, just even from the very beginning. Um, what do you think, Mike? I agree. I was impressed with how confident it is, like mm-hmm. right right out of the gate. Um, and I went into this really skeptical because yeah. when they first announced it, I was just like, "How are you going to make that work?" Yeah. Um, you know, Bob Odenkirk is great, but how are you going to do that? But I really shouldn't have doubted them at all because no. it just hits the ground running yep. and it's so smart and it just. It's really, really great. Like everything about it, like the writing is sharp. The performances, I think, are already are great. I think the direction is so strong. That's one of the mm-hmm. big things I was worried they weren't going to carry mm-hmm. over from Breaking Bad, and they totally nail yeah. the same feel. Oh, everything about it. Yeah, everything. Yeah, everything. When I saw Breaking Bad, uh, I didn't watch. I caught up at season five, I think, from from after watching That's on Netflix. Uh, and it was one of those times where I was watching it on Netflix and I heard a lot of people talk about it and I was like, all right, fine, I'll, I'll give this a shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, some shows it takes you a season, some shows it takes you an episode. Uh, Breaking Bad took me the opening sequence and I was like, you know, Grace, cancel all my calls uh, <laughs> and called out of work the next uh, 
the next week. <laughs> yeah, it's the same uh, story here. Yeah, it, it was yeah. just it just had me, and this was almost the same exact thing. But I wonder if it's because I just love that world so much because they did very very quickly kind of nail the look and feel of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how many shots do we watch on on Breaking Bad where it's watching something get cooked? Mm-hmm. Uh, watching yep. the whole process of, of meth being made mm-hmm. uh, and it was yes. almost as if like first frame. yeah, yeah first almost frame, as yeah. if the, the very first scene they're like it, this is going to be similar but we're not cooking meth mm-hmm. and it was what was it a Cinnabon, <laughs> Cinnabon. And, it's, <laughs> and it's done in black and white too yeah. so that for a longer time than usual you're not really sure what you're looking at it takes a while mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. and I think that really like that that's obviously that's very deliberate and mm-hmm. I think that really kind of captures the sense of Unease and that growing familiarity that really, like the first couple minutes, really just kind of bring out. Yep, I absolutely think so. Do you guys notice the difference in the cinematography? I mean, it wasn't just the black and white. It was also a little bit. I think it was a little shaky cam in there. It felt like I think so. I think I might have noticed feel. that. Yeah, I, I can't I recall that. a specific shot, but I think I might have noticed that. Yeah, and there's a lot of uh, mustache acting. I noticed. <laughs> 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 like a. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he had the glasses. You couldn't really see much of his face. Just that mustache dancing around, sad, uh, doing a sad dance. <laughs> it was good. Um, we can get into kind of discussing more elements uh, of the show throughout too. Um, but if there's anything you guys want to talk about um, at any time, just bring it up. Sure. Um, now, they set it up. Is he? Is he or is he not? Because when I watch these, I also am quite dumb. Um, that's why I like surrounding myself with people like yourselves that maybe watch a little more intently. Um, but is he in New Mexico? In the opening? Yeah. He is in Nebraska. He's in Nebraska in the yeah, opening. Nebraska in mm-hmm. the opening. I think okay. it's like Omaha. Yeah, like Omaha Mall. Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah. yeah um, they're talking about snow or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's working at a Cinnabon. Um, so it, it's just really, really kind of setting up that he's he's not in a good spot. Right. He's uh, down on his luck. He's broke. Um, That's the epilogue of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And he's working at a Cinnabon. Uh, Yeah, that's what I have here. It's like, it's definitely not Breaking Bad. Uh, Same style, though. Uh, He's dead broke. Um, And they get to a point where he just gets a check for something like Mm $26,000 from the... From that law firm. From the law firm, yeah. Uh, and he rips it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so this show has just done such a good job of making you care about this guy mm-hmm. um, and and just wonder, uh, as you're going through this, why, like, why the hell would he... Yeah. Why would yeah. this happen? Yeah. yeah. And th- I think those familiar with the Saul Goodman character from Breaking Bad, like, at the beginning, before he rips up that check, mm-hmm. you're wondering if he's still just as, like, conniving and, like, sans morals... Basically, as he, he is in Breaking Bad, but that's the moment you um, when he tears up that check. Mm-hmm. It shows that he actually um, you know gives a lot of shit, like way more mm-hmm. than did in Breaking Bad. It's a very different character at the beginning. Yeah, very much. So. It wasn't clear until that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I really like the fact that I mean, after we get to that opening sequence, which is a flash forward to the end of Breaking Bad, and then we jump back in time. And then what I really liked is how how they they establish Saul as very different from when we first met him. Um, you know, and kind of a wheeler-dealer of a lawyer, maybe a little bit of a, you know, he's he's the kind of lawyer, 
he's on he's an honest lawyer and mm-hmm. that's not really doing much for him like yeah. financially professionally mm-hmm. anything but he is an honest lawyer mm-hmm. and i think that's such an that's such a cool starting point and they don't really fudge that at all so by the time over the course of you know the first episode and then to the second episode where he basically slowly starts to disintegrate into a corrupt lawyer yeah. it just makes it really interesting cuz that foundation is so strong yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> just like I'm sorry, I was just agreeing. But also, just like in um, Breaking Bad, where they um, show you uh, where he ends up, where Walter White ends up at the beginning of the first episode, or like you know, throughout the episode, it, it's it's you you watch that with the expectation. Um, here's where Saul is now, and we get you know, uh, well not Saul, uh, James Mc. McGill. McGill, McGill, yeah, Jimmy and we, McGill, Jimmy McGill, and we and we see where he, and we know where he's gonna end up. And that makes it very um, compelling. In the I, same way as Breaking Bad, yeah. yeah. I st- this is uh, a Breaking Bad uh, tangent, um, but I still wish the internet didn't exist because I would have loved <laughs> to have seen the the tie in between Malcolm in the Middle and, and Breaking Bad. It was, there was like jokes all over the internet for years about it, mm-hmm. but I, I can't help but think that that might have been possible and one of the greatest. <laughs> Ends of things. Uh, I mean, it, Breaking Bad was amazing and ended really well. It just would, would have been really fun. They did do something like that, wasn't there? A uh, like a, a funnier die or something? I think they, maybe, yeah. yeah. And but it was something that Cranston was in. Yeah, on, so, yep. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He wakes yeah. up next to his wife from Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it had been ruined so much by the internet already. Yeah, just um, like the internet ruins almost everything. Yeah, that's true. because the internet. Fair. Um, oh, I just also want to say I really like that this is like a. 2001 period piece and you notice that with the they have the vhs's mm-hmm. um uh, what else was it flip phones flip phones which <laughs> I, I i i was racking my brain i was just like is that right because I, I, I never had a flip phone in 2001 but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean they weren't around it just means i didn't remember them so i was just yeah. like i guess that's right so um yeah yeah you're absolutely right and i thought that was a really real that, that that's such an interesting way to do it mm-hmm. you know? um i guess by necessity it has to be a prequel but mm-hmm. it's only it doesn't beat you over the head with like the reference, like look, it's two thousand and one. You know, <laughs> yeah. it just it just is. You know. Yeah. How long after Breaking Bad was that epilogue? I I don't think they specify. Yeah, it's, it's just clear. after. Yeah. Uh, what kind of sh- sh- says to you guys that that's what that is or was? Just him looking back on like that VHS. I believe I remember at the end of. Um... At the end of Breaking Bad, Saul Goodman has a line like, what am I going to do, go to Nebraska and manage a Cinnabon or something like that? <laughs> yeah, and I so, think that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what he does. And that's exactly what he does. Yeah. And um, also the other hint is, um, well, he has like a fake name, Gene, mm-hmm. who's on his badge. And um, he's obviously, uh, he's you know, he's sad. He's in this routine that, you know, yeah. just is, he's an automaton, but he's also terrified. Yeah. And it showed One, the, one yeah. look at the, from that one guy. And, yeah. Uh, he was a look of recognition yeah. and yeah. Just yeah, shaking. He's he's such a broken man. Like yeah. when we meet him in that uh, prologue there, that and that only like that's that's one of the most interesting things about the show because because of the fact that by necessity it's a prequel. That's the really hard thing that the show had to pull off, which is was just how are you going to make this compelling mm-hmm. when we know how Saul Goodman ends up? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. And I think they do a really good job of just just right out of the gate just showing you there's lots to know about this character and that makes it compelling you know yeah. um you know like you can put all your you can put all your thoughts on hold in terms of 
you know, by the end of the first episode, he is in mortal danger. Mm-hmm. And you can absolutely put on hold just the voice in the back of your head saying that, well, he's going to get out of it. I know he gets out of it. Yeah. Because instead, the suspense point in the episode, in the following episode, is how does he talk himself out of that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the really interesting question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's kind of what it is, too, when, when you're watching Breaking Bad, uh, especially if you're, that you're seasons behind. Yes. So you know that he... That he somehow gets out of this, mm-hmm. it, but it's it's how how he he talks his way out of the RV when when Hank is right outside. Spoiler alert! Yeah, White uh, would like chemistry MacGyver his way out mm-hmm. of a tight spot, mm-hmm. and um, Saul talks his way out. It's mm-hmm. great. Street smarts and, mm-hmm. and and book smarts, I guess. Uh, and to that point, um, knowing how someone ends up. Uh, but the journey, how they got there, is exactly why I want to see. Uh, and this is this could be a spoiler alert if you're not caught up on uh, through season four of Game of Thrones. Um, but uh, you are you guys are right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Oberyn. Yes. Uh, I would love to see an Oberyn spinoff. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, seeing him in Dorne, uh, how you know training and the different fights and all of that stuff. I would I, I would mm-hmm. prefer that they took some time off of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Do that. Uh, give George some time to uh, to finish Winds of Winter. I still yeah. feel like it wouldn't be enough time, but I feel like that would anyway. It probably wouldn't. Yeah. They did create uh, such a compelling character. Um, instant fan favorite. In yeah, and yeah. What, did, what did he do? Like four episodes of the, yeah. of the, of the, of the ten that this season was? And, uh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. We can talk about that on Stop yeah, Raven Matt. Yeah, <laughs> it's a different podcast. But uh, back to uh, Breaking Goodman. Um yeah, uh, so where are we? We have the uh, skater kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the scammer kids. Um, I didn't know that that was a scam right away. Um, I guess he, maybe he didn't either. No. Um, yeah. It's when they ask for uh, for money yeah. that he kind of caught on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I like the fact that you're still not really... Sh- like, you're still meeting, you know, this iteration of Saul Goodman... Um, you know, uh, Jimmy McGill. So you're not really quite sure. Like, he seems like such a good guy. Like, there's a part of you that... There's a part of you like, where you figure out that it's a scam. Yeah. But you're wondering, has he yet? Mm-hmm. Is he actually not dumb, but is he just, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> yeah. good-hearted enough that he actually buys this? You know? And, like, it, it, like I, I really like the reveal, basically, when it shows that mm-hmm. he's... he's, he's He's good, but he's still pretty savvy about yeah. how how this all works. Yeah, they, they establish that he's naive in some ways, yes, more exactly. so than Saul Goodman. You, yes. you, you, know, you could try to feel out where mm-hmm. he's naive. But uh, I, I think that he might have been um, just conning them to see how far they'd go with it and see their technique. Because you know, it's, it's established yeah. that it, yeah. that's, uh, that's how he made his money. That's how he passed his time as a young yeah. man, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Uh, slip and slide Jimmy or whatever. Mm-hmm. I forget. Slippery, slippery Jim, I think. Yeah. Or slipping, slipping Jimmy. That's what it was, yeah. Um, there was the oh, well, Mike Ermintrout, mm. uh, Mike from Breaking Bad, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. makes an appearance. He's the um, <laughs> the troll under the bridge, mm-hmm. as, uh-huh. as he calls him, because um, Saul never has enough stickers. stickers yeah. Uh, so I mean, we know where that ends up, mm-hmm. um, but that's another thing where it's going to be yeah. how does how does Mike end up? Is he right now? the guy he was then or is it like Saul somehow gets him doing these things so it's going to be really interesting to 
to see also. Agreed. Right now, mm-hmm. it's just the troll under the bridge. Right. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, and that's what makes what makes that relationship so interesting to me is the fact that I honestly think that and just this is just speaking broadly here. This show is so good, so out of the gate that I feel like if someone had never seen Breaking Bad and just wanted to get onto the show, they would be able to hop on board like right away. All the Breaking Bad references are there yeah. and they provide an extra layer for people mm-hmm. who are watching the show post Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. But Nothing just feels so intrusive or, hey, look, we're making a reference or, hey, look, it's that person. Yeah. It feels just very natural that just like, of course he has a contentious relationship with the guy who runs the parking garage yeah. and just is constantly on him. And like it's a good way to dramatize how – what dire straits he's in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like the fact that it's a Breaking Bad reference and the fact that it's Mike is secondary mm-hmm. to that. And that's such smart writing yeah. for a project like this. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I was wondering how – like um, I was wondering if we're going to have anyone here that was uh, had never seen – uh, breaking Bad because uh, I was, I'm wondering how those moments are perceived by someone who doesn't get those references um, in the end of the first episode uh, anyone who's seen Breaking Bad is like yeah. oh shit yeah. it's Tuco it's Tuco yeah. tight 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 <laughs> um, I, that wouldn't happen to me I, I just like, <laughs> yeah. like my, I like lit up uh, but I'm wondering if it had the same impact I think well, that would yeah, uh, I, I think so because I think if you're a first time viewer, you're just watching it and you're looking at like his face, and you're just like, oh, you see his gun is, come out. Exactly, oh, it's right. like this is this is a tough dude. Like the, mm-hmm. he's in bad shape. You know, maybe if you've watched Breaking Bad, you know slightly more what bad shape he's in. But mm-hmm. still, I think at the moment, yeah, works. we we get that second oh yeah, like it was like oh with the gun, and then oh it's fucking Tuco, tight tight tight. We get to see all their arcs, even Tuco. <laughs> yeah, yeah. is slightly slightly less psychotic. I feel less like. crazed, yeah. less crazed because I feel like um the, there's another. I don't know if I'm getting too far ahead with, no. with the timeline because there's another character that seems to have Tuco a little bit under control. Yeah. yeah. And we, Nacho. We, and we, yeah, Nacho. And we saw Nacho, I think, on the show before, I think, yeah, he does I think. seem familiar. I think, we, he, I think he's, he popped up on Breaking Bad. Did he? Yeah, I think so. I recognized him from Far Cry, Far, Far Cry 3. <laughs> okay. Far Cry 3. Have is you he? ever played Far Cry 3? I have not, no. Okay. The, the human being is in Far Cry 3? Yeah. Okay. He's like the main villain in um, Far Cry 3. He has these long, insane um, uh, monologues as he's, like, you know, torturing you first person or, like, kicking you off a cliff. He was. He's good in this. Yeah, he's great. He he's, he's real good in this. So yeah, we'll we'll get to uh, him in a little more in a bit. Um, there was the so he cuts that checkup. He rips rips it up, mm-hmm. um, and we also meet uh, Michael McKeon. Yeah. Um, oh wait. Well, actually, I think we meet him afterwards. After so he goes the to law the office. Law firm scene. Yeah. Yeah. Something Hamlin. Something in McGill. Hamlin. Yeah. Hamlin and McGill. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hamlin. Something and McGill. <laughs> uh, and he does the whole, uh, what was it, Howard Beale From thing Network, when, he, yeah. when he walks in. Um, uh, just kind of real fun. Uh, and we don't, we don't get a full picture of what the deal is. Um, Chuck, who, that's his name, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Chuck is away from the, the practice. But uh, Jim, or uh, Saul, seems to know very well that he's never coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so... He feels that they're kind of cheating Chuck out of just, you know, just buy him out, be done with it. But they're kind of just paying him as if he's still mm-hmm. yeah. uh, an employee. Yeah. Or um, pe- trying to pay him off as he's right. still an employee. It's much less expensive than selling, you know, his right. start of the... Right. Which uh, I think he said was something like $26 million or something. Uh, 17, 17, 17 million. million. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a $2,600 check, I think. Or maybe it's $26,000. $26,000 check. $17 check that million. Dollars is million dollars buyout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... And then he goes back uh, to Chuck's place, 
which is, <laughs> uh, I don't even know how to describe that. Just off the grid? Yeah, basically. I, I think he's, um, like, mentally ill. He obviously yeah, has a psychosomatic yeah. illness where he believes, um, like, electronic, electronic is, yeah. fields are yeah. weakening him. Yeah. Like kryptonite? Yeah. Is, is, I don't know. Or, <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> in, the, or in the second episode, we see him like wrapped in uh, you know the wreckage from Roswell. Yeah. Like an astronaut blanket kind of thing. And Jimmy McGill obviously like takes it as um, like an affront. He, mm-hmm. You know, because he, he doesn't see a sick man, like yeah. a physically sick man protecting himself from mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. sees a guy trying to make a point. Yeah. Um, you you hurt me. Yeah, you know, like coming in. Yeah, yeah, because he's got to take out his cell phone. Uh, yeah, he puts his like uh, car thing. Is everything is in the in the mailbox? Yeah, yeah. Um, but we don't know exactly what happened to Chuck yet, right? No, because he was seemingly apparently fine, and then all of a sudden, you know, it could have been a gradual decline or whatever descent. It could uh, be. We yeah. don't know just yet. Yeah. Um, so that's another thing that is going to keep me watching this mm-hmm. show. I mean, yeah. There's so much already. Um, uh, what else do we got here? Oh, um... Tuco. Um, I just have... Because I, like, I was taking notes as I was watching, and I have Tuco, exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I just want to say, on his entrance to Hamlet, Hamlet, Big Hill, I, I like that they showed that trash can with the dent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um... I, I, I'd yeah, already because this was not the first visit. Yeah, yeah. And I've I'd already, I've already bought that in this show. Like, there's not going to show anything that's not important. Every shot, mm-hmm. every shot means something. So Definitely. I took a note, and then there was a huge payoff. Yeah, yeah. And it came back down. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they'll do it this season, but I remember with Breaking Bad, there was something to do with the colors. They always talked oh, about yeah. the colors of the show and the colors oh. characters wore. If someone's right, wearing yeah. green, someone's going to die, I think. Like that. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, now that we know their secrets, they might switch it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, everybody in green. Be that mm-hmm. easy. Right. Um, yeah, who else we got here? Chuck. Yeah, play, but I think Michael McKeon. Um, do we know who Chuck is? Is he, is, is he supposed to be like a well, brother, uncle, dad? I, I think, like, it, he's supposed to be his brother, I think. And okay. I remember that because I read... When Michael McKean was cast, saying play Saul Goodman's brother, I think if you oh. watch the episode, <laughs> okay. you would not know. Yeah, they yeah. didn't establish that. And you know, no offense to Michael, McKean, I love Michael McKean, but he looks older than Bob Odenkirk. Mm-hmm. So for a while, I was like, is that his father? Yeah, you know, because that like, obviously it's a whole different dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think they are supposed to be brothers. With, you with can that tell said, from their like chumminess, they're just yeah. like their brothers. They, yeah, they yeah. acted extremely well. And yeah. They do kind of look like could be brothers. Yeah, like ten years. Yeah, ago. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, that's right. Uh, I was just going to say, with, with with that said about Michael McKeon, he looks older than Bob Odenkirk, but he also looks, I think, pretty damn good for his age. Yeah. Uh, which I don't exactly know off the top of my head, but I just know he's been around forever. I think I looked it up last night, I think he was born in 47, so I can't do math, but... Uh, so that's... 60-ish. Just under 60, right? I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, sure. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get our, our calculators out later. Um... And uh, get that corrected because it's probably wrong. Uh, we are performers. <laughs> we are performers. We are not mathematicians. Um, he also has a an office, <laughs> which is inside uh, a I guess a nail salon. Nail is that salon, what it is? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the boiler room of a nail salon. <laughs> it's got the water heater right behind it. Yeah, yeah. I also want to so say depressing. something interesting about that. That chair is always blocking always the right door. Away. But yeah. how does it get there? Yeah. If there's no one in the room to nudge it that way and there's not enough room for him to get out. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Not being there. He's, he's always got to move there? it out of the way. Is there a window? Is there a window? Does he, does he go out the window? <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
I wouldn't put it past him. Like, some days, he's like, no, I don't want to be seen walking out of the nail salon, you know? Like, oh, maybe. Uh, Well, you know what? When he moves the bed out, he pushes everything around. Okay. So, it may be that he sneaks in there from, from from time to time. Could be. But if not... How does it get there? <laughs> Who keeps putting it there? That's, that's yeah. I mean, one of the things I think the show did best is it really conveyed just the sense of desperation. Yeah. Just Absolutely. like the, you know, that he has just how, you know, just so many like great like little details. Mm-hmm. Like just the layout of the office, you know, the fact that he can't even drink the, you know, the cucumber water in the uh, nail salon because mm-hmm. it's for customers only. You yeah, know, and like the, the whole phone thing, uh, zero mess. Like, everything yeah. he has is outdated, like, way outdated. Yeah, mm-hmm. that 1995 printer paper. Makes <laughs> his, uh... And that makes up his sign, which yeah. is, like, it's brown, too. Like, yeah. which is, it's, it's either it's been up there for a while or it's, maybe it's used paper or something. Mm-hmm. It's right. such an Toner's interesting... Toner's running out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that dot matrix printer toner. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, and uh, we also find out before the episode two that Chuck has been taking money uh, from yes. from them too. I yeah, guess uh, yes. Hamlin and one of Hamlin went to go go see him, and mm-hmm. I guess just dropped off money or whatever. I don't know exactly. Yeah, a really uh, pathetic amount for you know what he's worth to yeah. the company. Yeah, seems like a lot but, to me. You know, eight hundred twenty <laughs> yeah. a week. Yeah, right. and but it, yeah, and, and it also like that's another way that they show just how emasculated um, uh, Saul is because, you know, he's the guy who shows up at the at the law firm and, yeah, he's pushy, but he makes some solid points and mm-hmm. it's not even that they dismiss him, they don't listen to him. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as he's left, it's like he wasn't even there. Yeah. Which is just so, like, that, that they convey that so yeah. well, just like the, the, the emptiness, you know, yeah. of like everything he's going through. Yeah, and that, that meeting with uh, the prospective clients uh, mm-hmm. who, who he ends up trying to scam, um, like, everything about that whole scene does that too. Like, mm-hmm. really, really well with uh, the shot of of the one guy's hand and then, like, up at, up at Saul. Yeah, the um, click of the pen. Yeah, the uh, everything about moves. it. If you just sign the this, smiles, yeah. The you can hear the... smile when she puts her hand yeah. on his hand. And he's like, oh, oh there mm-hmm. it is. And he does such a good job, like Bob Odenkirk. I just can't say enough good things about Bob Odenkirk and how good he is in this role. Um, he does such a good job of like uh, maintaining like the nice facade, like exactly how you would expect that guy to close mm-hmm. the meeting, even when it's not, or you know, to end the meeting, even when it's not going very well. Mm-hmm. But just with the but things cracking through underneath, where like you clearly see how unhappy he is, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. very hard to do as an actor. Yeah, and he. He's going to pick up where Brian Cranston left off. Yeah, with uh, with the Emmys, I think. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. With every award. Um, so next year, you heard it here first <laughs> on Breaking Goodman. Uh, he's going to walk with that with that gold. Um, and him and the skater kids, because they didn't take his business, he decides to scam uh, Betsy and her husband who was accused of embezzling funds or something right mm-hmm. a lot of money something like over a million dollars so he talks to the two uh, dummies uh, two skater dummies and god they are so dumb they're so <laughs> yeah. dumbest it's like two Napoleon Dynamites <laughs> um, and he talks them into after t- telling the whole story about uh, Slippery Jim mm-hmm. uh, talks them into helping him run this scam yeah. on, on her. Mm-hmm. So what exactly goes wrong? Everything goes wrong. <laughs> it was the wrong car. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, All the details they memorized were the same, but it's the wrong car. It's the wrong car. They follow the wrong car. Mm-hmm. They get yeah. all up in her. Like as soon as she gets home, um, they call her a biznatch in front of Tuco. <laughs> uh. That was probably their biggest mistake. Yeah, yeah. for uh, sure. Yeah. Oh man. Um, uh, yeah, they get taken in. Uh, Saul freaks out. He shows up uh, at the at the house, uh, and then it's that that moment where the Gun comes out, grabs him, mm-hmm. pulls him in. Tuco's head comes out, and it's that oh oh kind of <laughs> kind of Breaking Bad moment for us. I love I love that they showed the uh, the same sequence as the end of the first episode from the other side. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. You see, yeah, and you see him kind of go. Yeah, out. a silhouette in the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Uh, was the grandma in Breaking Bad? I don't remember her. I think it was just the grandpa. Yeah, yeah. I rem- yeah, obviously the grandpa. I remember or the uncle Tio. Yeah, Tio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So we pick up with episode two, uh, Tuco uh, and the dummies. Um, I wasn't sure if he had if he had killed them already or no. Not. It yeah, clear. Especially yeah. when he's like you know trying to blot the you know <laughs> yeah. the, the blood off the carpet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's uh, that's this, something a killer does when he's done. You know, like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Grandma just kind of kept interrupting. Uh, Saul shows up. Uh, and the, the dummies, uh, the two uh, Napoleon Dynamites, just kind of, as soon as the tape is off, we're like, spill everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and puts Saul in pretty bad, pretty bad spot. Puts all three of them. Well, yeah. Puts yeah. All three, Horrific yeah, nightmares. Yeah, yeah. 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 There, there was nothing to be gained from from <laughs> saying the truth at that point. Nope. Um, uh, so they take him to, uh, I guess... The desert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's another echo of um, like the first time we meet Saul Goodman in Breaking Bad. He's in the same situation, but oh, yeah. it was clear in, in Breaking Bad yeah. that um, like it's not his first rodeo. Right. Yeah. It's not his first being dragged out in the middle of the desert. <laughs> um, and here, here it is for the first time. Uh, he's terrified, but he talks his way out. In Breaking mm-hmm. Bad, he knew what was up. He knew that they were you know two clowns yeah. at that time. At that point in there. You know, and we saw arch, arch. shades of that. We saw <clears throat> we saw very heavy him being in in bad in bad shape. Mm-hmm. Like they painted that really really well. Mm-hmm. But there was also like hope. <laughs> but there yeah. is also hope. <laughs> um, what is that? That's Lord of the Rings. I looked into your future and I saw death. But there is also hope. Um, Rivendell, come on, guys. Right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's. Um, What's his face? Elrond and, and Arwen. Anywho, uh, we'll save that for a not-created Lord of the Rings podcast. Um, but uh, there's also hope uh, and talent that we that we see. That mm-hmm. he's just really, really... He's really good at bullshitting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and talking his way out of things. Yeah. Um, especially when apparently his life depends on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, and we also see that that kind of, I guess, helps him. Uh, through the next whole big court montage yeah. that they have too. Uh, Good. Well, I was. But it even empowers him, like when he's at home with his with with his brother with Chuck a little bit, because yeah. that's really the first time he really stands up to Chuck in a big way. When he's yeah. just like, take off the blanket, take off the space blanket, take off the space blanket, mm-hmm. and he does for a short yeah. while. But right. it's a temporary victory. But it is a victory for him. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a huge you know moment. Oh yeah, he was humoring. Uh, yeah. Jim was humoring Chuck. Like yes, you know that's all he does because he you know obviously cares a lot about his brother. He's doing everything he can to support them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tearing them apart, him apart. You know, he's working 
um, his ass off. But he, w- he just wouldn't stand for it at that moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, we do find out that the the dummies are alive. Um, uh, they speak. Takes him to the desert. He lies that he says, and he says that he's FBI because he's trying to talk. Right. Mm-hmm. He's telling the truth. Right. Um, which uh, Tuco kept saying, like, you know, who are you? Who sent you? Why? Why are you coming for me? Um, I don't know. That that seemed to me a little bit one of the 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 weaker things, which uh, in the in the episode. But I also love it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he, yeah, he lies and says that he's, uh, he's FBI, but then it also kind of builds up that other guy. Yeah. Um, cause Chuko's obviously not going to be the, the impetus for him to, well, I guess he kind of is, um, but he's not going to be the, the driving force behind Saul's turn, right. I guess. Right. Um, but this other guy can definitely play, play some bigger part, um, which he ends up doing. Uh, and he, he basically just says, uh, look, I know, I know you're not. You're not this, uh, so let's let's get the truth out. And he he gets him, and that guy spares his life. Um, but what happens to uh, the dummies? Ouch. Yeah. Well, they're uh, yeah, and that's such a well directed scene too. Yeah. Like oh my the way, god. The way it's it's it all happens in the foreground, but in the background, actually, we stay on Saul, and we mm-hmm. slowly, slowly do a close, like, you know, kind of zoom in on Saul, basically, as he's watching this yeah. horror unfold, mm-hmm. and, yeah, it's really something. Yeah. Um, that was the moment. I watched them back-to-back last night, so I had the advantage of basically just watching two episodes in a row, yeah. and the first episode I really, really liked, but that was the moment where I was just like, oh, they are not messing around. This is Breaking <laughs> Bad quality already. We're yeah. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, they they speaking of break broke. Uh, what was it? One leg each. Yeah, one leg each. Uh, and and they were because that that's another a moment another a moment uh, another moment where uh, we know how Saul ends up, of course, and he probably would have walked away. Yeah, with his with his life, and you know what? Oh, sorry, guys, uh, that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. But he pleaded uh, and talked uh, and kind of almost like he did. Almost, almost exactly like he did with that one guy, mm-hmm. um, and bargained mm-hmm. uh, that one lawyer, and bargained. Um, okay, this is this is where we're at, mm-hmm. um, and uh, went from killing them to uh, what did he say? Give them, give them black eyes. Give them black guys, eyes. Like blind yeah, them. They, they've already got like four black eyes now. <laughs> um, but he 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 bargained one broken leg each because they're skaters, and that will ruin. Yeah. Ruin, ruin their whole scam and they can they can maybe at least not do it for a while mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, six months probation instead of a death sentence yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, and we see we see shades of our Tuco in that moment too yeah mm-hmm. uh, which yeah. could also oh, be one such of the joy yeah <laughs> which could also be one of the things joy. that pushes him through in, in into his turn just that one moment yeah Mm-hmm. God, yeah. that's fucking nuts. <laughs> well, I also thought that when Saul lies, basically, and says he's FBI, yeah. and like he talks about how you know it's this plot to bring down Tuco, and I think he named it what does he name it like Operation Kingbreaker, yeah. or something like that. And Tuco's like, "That means I'm the king." I was just yeah. like, "Oh, this is not what his ego needs right now." No, no, no. <laughs> uh, Tuco's so guy is so nuts. Early yeah. career Tuco. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and right now I guess we don't even know that we'll see him again. Um, yeah, yeah, but. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's because we got this other guy. Um, so yeah, ne- negotiates a leg break. He actually takes him to the hospital. 
um, and apparently gets billed for all of their uh, all their work. Um, and I have here uh, after he negotiates the leg break, leg break, uh, the leg break. I have he'll come back. That one guy who who I still don't know his name. What's his name? Nacho. Yeah, yeah. Nacho. Um, and he does. Uh, he does come back. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, there was that really long date sequence. Yeah. Yeah, with the breadsticks. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, first of all, who eats that many breadsticks? <laughs> it's a lot of breadsticks. Sorry. It's a lot of breadsticks. Probably three breadsticks, I mean. Yeah. Um, but that was, um, that was, it was silent, honestly, except for music and the breaking of the breadsticks. And again, that, it just shows, like, what, how confident the show is, you know. Breaking the, bread. Breaking bread. <laughs> <laughs> um, how confident the show is in terms of, like, it's a... It's a scene where obviously there's dialogue being said, but we don't hear it at all. We just, you know, hear the music, we see the breads, and it's just like, it's so, it, like, it's, it does such a good job of, like, just showing how changed Saul is, basically, and how just how sickened he is about mm. just what happened. But yeah. now he's, he's, he's down, whatever, whatever path he's about to go down, he just got forced his way, yeah. you know, mm. the first couple steps down it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and that. he's, he's got to be feeling pretty shitty, but also pretty great. Yeah, <laughs> he talked himself out, and he talked three, the saving of three lives uh, that day uh, in the moment. So, I mean, it's got to give him the confidence to go into any jury and do whatever he needs to, you know, yeah. say whatever he needs to say. Yeah, yeah I don't think moments. any amount of talking would have saved those first three defendants. Remember that? Oh, at the yeah, top yeah, of the episode yeah. one. That's yeah. such a great. That's <laughs> oh that man, was amazing. Yeah, and, and that's. Uh, I'm sorry, guys, but that's what you are. You're knuckleheads. <laughs> uh, and then they, the guy, the, the other lawyer, doesn't say a word. Just nope. brings up that that TV and shows them basically uh, sex sex acts with the corpse. Mm-hmm. Is that what was happening? Yeah, okay. like, uh, almost honor students. I'm sorry, but that's what you are, guys. You're knuckleheads. Uh, they just made some poor decisions. Oh yeah, almost honor students. Yeah, and nearly honor students. That was that was one of my favorite. Yeah, little writing bits. <laughs> oh, God, how did I forget that moment? That was that was that was one of the early ones too. Yeah, mm. it was just so well directed too. And you can see him in the bathroom, just like sweating, like oh, what the? he knows yeah. there's nothing he can say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I guess you know. But then later, you know, they show him put in a spot where he has to say something. Yeah. Lives are on the line. It's showtime. Is that what he says each time? Yeah. It does. Yeah. Said, which is like, there's this great, like, little subtle running joke. Um, and I'm, since I'm like a total movie nerd guy, I'm just going to put on my hat there for a second. So I, I do apologize about this. But no, like, no. it's one of the reasons some, you're here. <laughs> there's something about this uh, because, like, when he walks into the law office in episode one, in episode one he, um, he quotes from Network and he quotes the thing that. Um, Ned Beatty says in Network mm-hmm. and basically it's the moment in Network where basically it's basically it's kind of a villain of the movie basically just kind of a swing a crazy person onto his side <laughs> which is a really weird thing to quote honestly if you're Saul Goodman they're powerful words but the context like if you think about it for a second is like eh, okay um, and that's definitely intentional and in the second episode he does it's showtime, and he looks in a mirror, and like that's a little bit more obscure, but that's Roy Scheider and all that jazz, which is about <laughs> which is about a stage director who is a you know a, uh, a like a, a cheat and a smoker and a drinker, and he's basically drinking and drugging himself and exhausting himself to death, which again is a weird guy to identify with if you're Saul Goodman, you know? Yeah. It's like it's it's almost like he always tries to like like put like a 
like the best possible face on, but like it's almost like he can even taste his own flop sweat without being aware of it. And so like everything he does yeah. is like kind of reflects that, you know? Yeah. Flop sweat. It's a great word. <laughs> yeah. Uh all right. Long date sequence, uh breaking sounds are getting to him. Um he goes back home to Chuck's uh mm-hmm. drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when Chuck freaks out uh, yeah, the yeah. next the next morning because uh, he he didn't ground himself. Uh, his phone is in there. Chuck takes it and just kind of mm-hmm. throws it outside. Uh, and then I just love him wrapped up in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do I call it? The Roswell crash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what it looked like. It looked like he's wrapped up in a weather balloon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll discuss that on the Roswell. Uh, <laughs> if you believe that the Roswell crash was a weather balloon. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Chuck's wrapped up. We have that court montage where he's just kind of case after case after mm-hmm. case after case. Mm-hmm. Killing it. Um, yeah. Still can't get out of the parking lot. Oh, yep. I'm sorry. I just reminded me of the other 2001 reference. I was like, there's something else that made me laugh 2001. The Beanie Babies. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> When he gets wins his way back into that uh, woman's heart, he like yelled at for the seven hundred dollars by giving her oh, a beanie baby. Was? Okay, yeah. Yeah. and she had a collection of beanie babies behind her. Uh-huh. It's perfect. Yeah, well, you weren't a beanie was, baby guy. How much is going to be worth? No, no. not you. No, no. <laughs> I didn't own a single one. I I knew they existed, you know, and I saw. Yeah. Well, it was two thousand one, so I was in college at the time. So I mean, I was eight or nine. Oh no! Oh wow! Ten. Okay, two thousand one. Well, Beanie Babies were nineties, late nineties. Yeah, that's true. They they were around yeah. for a while. Yeah, that, 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 that's a weird thing because that's the the rising of two things like collectibles and eBay were, uh, or yeah, collectible uh, Beanie Babies and eBay mm. were like rising yeah. at the same time, and yeah. they were just feeding each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the the Beanie Bag bubble burst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. Um, poor Beanie Babies. All right. Uh, so yeah, he doesn't doesn't ground himself. Uh, we have a court montage, and um, what is this? Betsy. Oh yeah. Well, that's the guy. He, uh, Nacho. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He shows up uh, in the office in the nail salon office. Uh, mm-hmm. They knock on his door after he has just uh, laid out his bed uh, mm-hmm. to lay down. Uh, I guess have a good nice afternoon nap, and. Uh, <laughs> They're even surprised, too, that he actually has a visitor. Mm. Yeah. Um, so he gets dressed, gets ready, and uh, is a little surprised to see who it was. Um, and what does... What, what What was his proposal? Nacho? Yeah. Dad. Nacho basically kind of wants him to be a corrupt lawyer. He basically yeah. wants to be, wants him to be wants a, to be a be criminal s- lawyer. He wants him to be Saul Goodman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, which we know he will, mm-hmm. but it's still really fascinating to watch him like debate the decision with mm-hmm. himself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he says no. Because he says no, yeah. yeah. Uh, he says no, he gets, uh, he, Nacho writes his phone number on the, on the matchbook, I think it was, um, and said, what does he say? Uh, call me when you realize you're in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, and he says, I'm not in the game. That's, yeah, um, but yeah, everything everything about this this show so far, mm-hmm. just I'm I already can't wait. They just showed two back to back, and I already can't wait until the <laughs> the third one on Monday. Yeah, I just realized it's the same themes. He's under a lot of um, financial pressure, mm-hmm. 
and he has to weigh that financial pressure for himself and his family against, um, you know, his his morals and his sense of, you know, self. It's the same exact... Wow, it's amazing. I just made that connection here. <laughs> so, yeah. the same sort of arc setup. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to say, like, one of the things that I love most about the show, and again, this is... This is what you get when you have, a, you know, a show that's super confident about what it is right out of the gate. The show used silence and lack of dialogue really, really, really well. Yeah, you absolutely. very rarely see that on TV, and you especially yeah. rarely see that in like a first episode. Mm-hmm. So usually, the first episode is so obsessed with like making sure you understand who each character is, you know, what their relationship is with each other. And there are so many scenes, especially in the first episode, of Saul. You know, in a situation where basically he's quiet and he's thinking, or even in the opening, basically where we don't see Saul, but we see, you know, the courtroom and all the officers of the court basically are waiting for him and they're just (laughs) fidgeting, Um, which is funny, but it really, it does such a great job of, again, just really underlining how desperate Saul is. Hopeless, yeah. Yeah, hopeless, exactly. Because, like, everything is, it becomes almost painful, you know? Mm -hmm. And... Like, even that scene, like, right after he visits the law office, where, like, one of the partners is actually outside in the parking garage um, smoking a cigarette, and, like, he steals it out of her mouth, and, like, they both share a cigarette, and they say nothing until, like, the very, very end. It's a long, drawn-out sequence. But, like, just with the way they're breathing, like, you get a lot of the story, and you get a lot of the characters, yeah. which is so cool. Yeah, and just, I think the whole line was, isn't there something? No. <laughs> There's their whole exchange. Yeah. Couldn't we jest or something? Yeah, yeah. Right. You just, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, I'm wondering who she is. As I, you know, they were they, he. I think Chuck made a reference to her later. She's either Hamlin or Hamlin, maybe. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Hamlin or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I. I'm definitely on board with the show. Uh, I. I was. I couldn't wait for it. Mm-hmm. I, I was really looking forward to it, but I also had that some. You know, that little bit of of nervousness that it would. It would suck. Yeah. Um, and that would suck. Um, but it was. It's just been. Yeah, I can't wait until the the next one. Just everything about it. So they called it a uh, a two part series premiere, suggesting that it was like one episode. Did you guys like? Did it feel like one episode to you? Because we're discussing it as like one episode here. Um, I well, I think they said two night instead of two parts. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, I think it was two night premiere. Yeah. So I I think they are individual episodes. Yeah. For me, though, I mean, to to answer that. It did kind of feel like one long episode, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but uh, it also felt like two Breaking Bad style episodes, <laughs> yeah. where yeah. at the end it has that that little hook mm-hmm. that you're going to come back to, and then at the end it had that hook that you're going to come back to, so you can watch it as one. Uh, I mean, it seems like they're already building it for just a, a binge watch, mm-hmm. for, yeah, for people. Oh, for yeah, sure. God, it's so good. That's mm. how you got to do it. Um, we do, uh, on the podcast, since you guys are, are new, we typically do uh, a thing called Winners and Losers, uh, where you do a, a winner of the episode and a loser of the episode. Um, so you go episode by episode? One, two? Uh, yeah, we can break it up if, you, if you'd like. Okay. Uh, do you have anything that's jumping out at you? Episode one? Well, loser would definitely be Saul. Yeah, I guess. that's what I was going mean, to say. That's... Loser would be Saul. Yeah, episode one, definitely. And gunpoint. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with the skater dummies. Yeah, they're the dead losers of both. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure. pretty much. Uh, for at least episode one, I'm going to go with uh, the skater dummies um, because they just fucked everything up. 
mm-hmm. and also screwed themselves out of money in the process. Everybody out of money in the process. Uh, although um, for that reason, I would call Saul the winner of that particular episode. Yes, because everything that went wrong benefited him um, because of his just ability to. It's about episode one. Yeah. Episode, okay. Yeah. Um, although I guess we wouldn't know that at until, that time. Yeah. So until two. Mm-hmm. I, then I'll say my winner of the first one is uh, parking attendant troll. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Mike, I agree. Mike. Mike, yeah. Mike Irwin troll. He's, he's the one with the power. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and for episode two, I'm going to go winner Saul. Winner's definitely Saul. Loser Chuck. Yeah, I, I, I would match that loser Chuck. Which is a shame. Um, definitely looking more forward to seeing what the hell happened there. Mm-hmm. I'm to say a loser is, uh, what's his name, No-Dose? I don't know. Whoever had Tuco shot down. Well, I mean, in Breaking Bad, that's, uh, you know, when someone, like, interrupted him during <laughs> yeah. his speech. Yeah. That guy got beaten to death. Yeah. This guy got, you know, he, you could see him uh, poop his pants a little bit. Yeah. I don't think they named him. They, so, someone was not sure someone was No-Dose. No, those could have been the fat guy or the skinny guy. Is that the one that uh, says said a thing about the black eye? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Can I say also bonus loser for episode one? Yeah, Cinnabon. Mm-hmm. Did not look like a fun place to work. I'm <laughs> no, surprised no. they cooperated so fully because yeah, that did not that did not look, <laughs> yeah, it did look good though. Yeah, it did look tasty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also loser uh, the three defendants. Oh, God. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. hard to lose bigger than that. Right. Oh, oh, oh unless you're that dead corpse. Well, right. that, well yeah. that, not that live corpse. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, live corpse. Oh, man, they sawed his head off. Yeah. And then, what did they say? He's going <laughs> to fuck the... You're put your wiener in the nickel. Yeah. <laughs> I will uh, if you will, loser. Like, no one talks like that. I'm trying to think if there's anything else about the, the show so far... Um, because I, they just did such a good job of setting everything up that I'm looking forward to everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm looking forward more to. Um, I think everything's pretty equal right now. Mm-hmm. Like with yeah. other shows, you think, oh, I'm looking more forward to this, and you can kind of pick your favorite storyline. Yeah. Um, but I hope they do what, what Breaking Bad did, uh, and that's just go deeper and deeper and deeper into things rather than introducing new character after new character mm-hmm. uh, and then just kind of spreading the story across rather yeah. than going deeper because I mean when you think about Breaking Bad there was only a few characters for mm-hmm. for for particular six seasons, seasons yeah. I mean what, even throughout I mean they only introduced maybe like one or two um, main characters mm-hmm. um, but when you look at something like um, Walking Dead right um, which I still watch but it I don't know how you guys feel about it we won't talk too much about it but it has just it seems to get worse and worse for me. Okay. Yeah. That's I I, I can't speak intelligently about it because I actually bailed a couple of seasons ago. But <laughs> I, uh, but I was kind of feeling a sense of just like I don't know maybe just some interview I read where it's just like we just see this show as like a constant cycle where we're constantly spitting out old characters like bringing in ones. I was just like oh that sounds sounds like a washing machine. That doesn't sound like a show. I don't that's, know. That's, that's exactly how I felt about it. I, I quit a few, many seasons ago. It seemed like it was like a. Like, new black guy, he's dead. Like, over and over again. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. weird and made me feel weird watching it. Yeah. Like, why do they have this guy? Um, they're just gonna and they're new people. Uh, and they, they, they'll they keep killing people that you don't care about. 
Whereas you watch a show like Game of Thrones, yeah, uh, that is all about the story. The all the characters are there to serve the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's why they're there, and that's what happens. And if one of them dies, the whole story has to kind of work with that. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with the Walking Dead, it seems like what they're doing is um, just bending to public perception. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, you know, there are favorite characters. Oh, we don't, we don't want to kill this person. We don't want to kill that person. But we've got to kill somebody. Um, uh, there are people on that show that should have died. And maybe that's just Game of Thrones kind of ruining things for me and really, really rooting for the story. Um, because I feel like that crew might have, for the most part, just completely changed over. But, again, that's that's a Walking Dead. <laughs> that's Talking Dead. <laughs> um, but as far as uh, um, this show... Uh, as far as Better Call Saul goes, uh, I just hope that they go deeper into story and don't worry and introduce new characters or freak out. But based on the first two episodes, they just like like Mike said, came out so they came out swinging. Yeah. I have faith. So confident. Yeah. Um, any any other thoughts? I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah, yeah I just can't wait for the next episode. Yeah. Me um, is it a, is it a Sunday or Monday show? I know yeah, it's Monday. Monday. Okay. Monday, Monday yeah. nights at ten. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Ned, you have um, Trash Island. Yeah, Trash Saturday. Island. Saturday. Uh, every Saturday, uh, all rotating schedule, either the nine or the ten thirty show at Philly Improv Theater yeah. at twenty thirty Sansom Street. I'm also part of Skeletons Etc. And they'd be mad if I didn't mention that uh, yeah. indie team. And uh, just look us up on Facebook if you're interested. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have uh, You've Got Geek podcast. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on uh, Facebook. We're everywhere. So you can follow us everywhere and know everything about us. And you're headed right over to record that after this. I am, yes. <laughs> so uh, busy night for me. Yeah, and I am Mike Marbeck. Uh, check out MikeMarbeck.com where this will be posted. It should also be available on iTunes soon. Um, we're getting to this one late. Um, but we'll be caught up uh, in the weeks to come. Uh, also check out the future at Philly Improv Theater uh, in, da- in beautiful downtown Philadelphia, <laughs> 2030 Sansom inside the Adrian Theater. Uh, also, if you listen to audiobooks, um, you can go to audibletrial.com slash Mad and sign up for a free trial, get you a free audiobook, and it benefits uh, the different podcasts that we, uh, that we do here. Uh, so if you do that, that would be great. Uh, if you don't like it, you can always just cancel and you don't get charged a dime. Uh, all that said, thanks very much uh, to Ned and Mike. Uh, and thanks to you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You better go, Saul.